Do you accept the coaster challenge? Yes, I accept the coaster challenge. Do you accept the coaster challenge? Coaster Challenge Podcast is here. It's time to face your fears. Get that theme park therapy and lend us both your Coaster ears. Challenge Podcast is here. Your fear can disappear. We know that theme park therapy can drive all your tears. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Yes, I accept the Coaster Challenge. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? We accept because you know we're not average. You're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. A journey where people become fearful to fearless, all from riding roller coasters. So please, secure your hats and glasses, and keep your hands and arms inside the podcast. It's time to accept the coaster challenge with your hosts, Andrew Locke. Hey everyone, this is Andrew, one of the producers of Coaster Challenge. I'd like to welcome today a uh, guest. This is actually a, a coaster enthusiast that we're happy to, to talk to. Welcome to the podcast, Samuel, better known as Exotic Enthusiast. Welcome. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? Doing good. How are y'all doing? Doing good. Doing good. Keeping really busy, but uh, all good stuff. So can't mm-hmm. complain. complain. So, oh, yeah. To start, yeah. <laughs> to start off, Samuel, uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us about yourself, your channel, uh, and your love of coasters? So, um, originally I was terrified of coasters. My family would do a tradition to where we'd visit six flags over Texas every single year. Um, we would go usually around March to May, somewhere around there, ride coasters and then go home and basically fantasize about it all day. Um, (laughs) we stopped doing it about maybe when I was 12 years old and I basically developed a fear of coasters. I wouldn't even ride kitty coasters. It was like terrifying to me. I thought I was going to fall and die on the, <laughs> um, <laughs> so COVID hit and everyone was locked in their houses, couldn't do anything outside. And for whatever reason, I just had the urge to go to six flags. So I looked them up, saw that they were open and I asked my mom, can we, can we go to six flags? And she was like, yeah. So we go and I rode pandemonium. Um, after riding pandemonium, I just, loved it i had a thrill for it and we wrote everything that day and i was i just fell in love with roller coasters after that so it started it made me start my social media because i just love taking photos and recordings of them and posting them for other people to see and be like wow i really wish i could ride that coaster um so i started that i have no intentions on getting famous or popular in the coaster industry i just like to share and promote content from my home park and from other parks that i like to visit that's great. That's great. So you mentioned pandemonium. So uh, your home park, Six Flags Over Texas. Yes, sir. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, I rode that coaster. I think it was actually opening year for it uh, when it was still Tony Hawk. And uh, uh, yes. it's, uh, it's fun. Those are fun. Those are flowers. Yeah. Good coasters. Good coasters. Well, yeah, it sounds like you have a good story. Pretty, uh, pretty common, but not in a bad way, in a good way story, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in terms of having that fear and then discovering them and getting over the fear and then enhancing your life. And, and we'll, we'll first dive into some of the more specifics of that here in the interview. And we'll do that in the first half of the interview. Uh, and then uh, we'll also kind of get into and in kind of the latter half of the interview, some more personal questions and also get into your, your uh, local parks and your, your passion for those and so forth. So, but first yeah. let, let's, uh, 
let, let's talk about some other things here. So uh, my understanding is that you've had a unique experience working in the industry. Can you uh, tell us about that? Yes, sir. Um, so it was my first ever job. I've always wanted to work at a theme park. It was, it's been a dream of mine for ever since I became an enthusiast in 2020. Um, so I went to Six Flags to just see if I could try to get a job. And basically right on the spot, they hired me. Um, I walked in, oh, wow. they, they knew I had a love for coasters and they basically interviewed me without me knowing. And I got the job. Um, wow. So I went what for trying to interview you without you knowing, like it was just kind of a natural conversation where they were getting information. Yeah, basically. Huh, um, I, did, okay. I didn't even know it was the um, operators that I was talking to. Right. And they just, they just rolled through it and I basically got the job and I was, I wasn't dressed nice. I was in my, my roller coaster clothes. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Oh, I got my first job. Wow. There we go. <laughs> Um, and how, how old were you at that point, by the way? At that point, I was 17. 17. Okay. So in other words, so the first job you had, I'm guessing you couldn't operate coasters because of your age, right? So what, what, what was your role? Actually, um, I don't know if there was a loophole in the system or something because they let me operate on the new Texas giant. Um, oh, okay. Maybe it's Texas law is different. A lot of states. Uh, it's 18 for operations, but maybe Texas is different. So it might be because they let me yeah. operate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That That's a great, I mean, yeah, that was your first job ever you said, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. That's pretty, I mean, to, to operate an RMC and then the, the, the first RMC and mm -hmm. yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Okay. So anything unique, but beyond how just epic it, it is, as we were just describing, anything mm -hmm. unique about that job? Any stories you had? or I have so many stories, um, but I'll go over <laughs> the most interesting one. Um, yeah. They, so training was, you would think training would probably take a single day or a couple of days to learn to ride. But I feel like since I knew, I knew a lot about coasters. I don't know if they did this to anyone else. But training mm. was 30 minutes for me. And then oh, okay. they made me go take a test on the giant. So like operation panel, um, just clearing the train, looking around the structure too. They were just trying to make sure I was ready and prepared for it. Um, right. So I passed the test. They didn't tell me how much I got right or wrong. I don't even think they looked at it. <laughs> so they passed me <laughs> and I went back to the station and they just let, they started letting me operate. And it was about maybe two hours before the park closed and they told me to go on mid course. So I got to travel all the way up to the mid course, feel the rattles and vibrations of the train, like cruising by waving at people, seeing that they were having fun on the ride. It, it brought life and sparked me, you know, to do better at this job. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was definitely the most fascinating thing about the job was doing that. And what the reason why this memory sticks out to me so much is that they kind of forgot I was up there. And when park closed, I was up there for an extra hour and nobody called me. Nobody told me I could oh. leave. And when I left, I was the only one in the parking lot. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, yeah. so why did they send you to the mid course? I mean, normally they don't have a team member up there, right? Like They usually don't. I think they overstaffed. And so they wanted uh -huh. me to go up there. Um, also, this was before they had mid-course trimming. So okay. they, they had me up there in case if anyone's phone was going off or 
um, something was wrong with the ride, I would stop it on mid-course with a button up there. Oh, I see. Okay, so there is like a station up there. So you were there for safety reasons, which is understandable, right? Yes, sir. Okay, very cool. Interesting. Mm -hmm. That's a good story. So let, let's go through what we call, well, at least what I like to call our uh, theme park time machine, a roller coaster time machine. So let's go back to your very first coaster. Uh, mm -hmm. Which coaster was that that you rode for the first time? My very first roller coaster, I, I remember riding it too. I was four years old, and my very first roller coaster was the Judge Roy Scream at Six Flags Over Texas. Wow. Yep, 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 that makes mm -hmm. sense. And yeah, the same age as me for my first coaster, different coaster for me. I'm a Space Mountain at Disney World here in Florida. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, no, that makes sense. That's cool. Okay. Now, if we fast forward, you know, I don't know how many years it was. You were kind of telling the story a little bit in general terms earlier, but it sounds like this coaster will be also at Six Flags Over Texas. Um, what coaster would you say, or maybe it was later, would you say that you had the most fear before, most anxiety before riding it? You know, the coaster oh. that broke your fears. What which which coaster would you say that was? I would actually say that. And this might sound crazy to a lot of enthusiasts, but I think my fear was officially conquered when I rode the Joker at Six Flags Over Texas. Um, the whole the whole thought of spinning while riding a coaster was just something I couldn't wrap my head around. And after going off the first drop, we were spinning like crazy. Like we we had at least like five flips on it. I I lost my mind and the adrenaline just ran through my body. And I was like, wow, like this is the thrill I really get from coasters. Like in my whole, my whole family was like, why do you like coasters so much? Like why? And I was every single time I just point towards the Joker. It's just one of those rides that not a lot of people want to ride. Cause it looks intimidating, but once you ride it, it's just fun and love. Yeah. Yeah. Now <laughs> it's been a long time for me. Like, like I said, it was still Tony Hawk. Uh, Pandemonium was still Tony Hawk last time I was at Six Flags Over Texas. So Joker wasn't there yet. So my understanding, Joker is a SNS 40 free spin. Yes, sir. That's uh, based, based on your description. Uh, so, yeah, because it gets confusing with Six Flags and their naming. It maybe, does. <laughs> maybe with the merger with Cedar Fair, it'll get better. Or maybe it'll get worse. Who knows? But well, that's a whole that's other story. Whole, that's a whole <laughs> other story. Exactly. <laughs> um, but in any case, so those now first of all uh <laughs> shout out airtime mike friend of the friend of the podcast friend of mine yeah. <laughs> hates those rides uh great guy hates those rides and i get mm. it not everyone loves them i i they're not my favorite but i do like them uh and i think they're unique and that's part of why i like them uh, yes. but they're intimidating i get it and and you know riding them they are intense in their own weird way that sort of you know, getting pushed forward violently as you get hit the the end of each, yeah. you, know, the, you know, the as you're facing forward and, you know, and you can get the kind of the mm -hmm. back too if you're rolled over, but that sort of, uh, it's not a lateral, it's, uh, it, it, again, it's a, it's an effect you don't get on really any other coaster, that, that yeah. linear, linear force um, that's like a lateral, but it's forward or backward. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's one of the most intense aspects of the ride, even more so than the flips, because um, it's very, it's very jarring. And not, mm. not in a cool way, just in a in a like sensational way, and um, you know, literally senses and um, yes. yeah, I I and I and I like that about that ride. But for some people, between that and the flips, you know, the fact that it is free spinning and so forth, it can be too much. So, it can be a lot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely very unique. I think you're the first person on the gosh hundreds of people we've now interviewed on this podcast 
that has mentioned a 40 free spin uh, as their as their coaster that broke their fears, but totally makes sense. I mean, we've had a number of people with X, which is similar, uh, you know, different different type of rotation mechanism and and layout and so forth and forces. But you know, the 40s free spins kind of evolved, sort of, kind of from the Arrow 40 free spins. Um, yeah. Although I don't think they're in the same class by any stretch, but that's you know. No. <laughs> but anyways, you know, so you're the first at least with a forty free spins, but it totally makes sense. So, how would you say that you know conquering your fear on Joker at over Texas? How did that change your life? So, I honestly would say it changed it because I used to look at the new Texas Giant, for example, in twenty you know twenty I think it was twenty eleven or twenty twelve, an accident happened on it. Um, and I was absolutely terrified to ride a coaster that someone had passed away on. I, I didn't know any of the specifics behind it, like the restraint failing or if it was right opera, like right operator failure. I didn't know if it would be any of that. Um, so I really did not want to ride the giant at all because it just, I didn't want to feel like I was going to fly out and possibly be the next victim. So after riding the Joker, and seeing just how extreme a ride could be and how yeah. much weight you could put on a restraint and seatbelt and nothing happened to you just awoke this I haven't even I don't know what to call it. I was like a inner roller coaster enthusiast at the time and just at like after riding the Joker, I went straight to the giant and rode that. I just think it was the adrenaline that pumped inside my body that was like, go ride these other rides. And then yeah. I also after Giant, I rode Titan, which was my first hyper coaster. And I had only heard bad stories about it being so intense that people are passing out yeah. and terrifying. But since I had rode the, the Giant and the Joker, I was like, okay, I can do it. And after that, I've, I ride them like five, ten times every single time I go. I love it. Nice. Now, how long ago was this out of curiosity? Mm, I think it was possibly September of 2020. Okay. Okay. That's right. Cause you said mentioned COVID. So at that point, uh, the mid course was pretty, pretty strong on Titan, right? Yes. It, it's yeah. still super strong. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, again, I'm a little older than you, uh, magic mountain going back to 2000 when Goliath Titans brother there on the West coast, yeah. uh, when it first opened, um, the mid course barely, barely touched it all. And, uh, that helix more so than any other coaster I've ridden, including, including I-305. Uh, mm. That Helix, it made me gray out more than anything else. Wow. And, but now now you can't get a ride like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, it'd be cool if, and I get it, they probably wouldn't even do it for, for, for safety reasons, but it'd be cool for like an ACE event or some kind of park event if they could either, you know, turn them off or at least reduce them. Yeah you know, for ERT or something, but I don't, you know, you know, I don't think they'll ever do that, but anyways, one can dream. I really don't think they could ever do that. I, I, yeah. I already gray out enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't gray out on those anymore uh, with mm-hmm. how much the mid course is on now, but I remember again, like, it's funny too. I, I, I told the story before, maybe on the podcast was that magic mountain. This is before I moved to Florida five years ago, I was there for an ACE event and we didn't get any kind of special rides on, on Goliath, but we were, uh, we did like a walk back in the Goliath, a twisted colossus area which is cool got some okay. books and videos and i remember looking over at the mid course of goliath and i thought that they had an e-stop situation because the train was moving so slow it looked like it was stuck in the mid course mm. 
and that's how slow it moves now. It's just insane how much those mid courses kick in. Wow. Yeah. Um, but it didn't used to do it with nowhere near that much before. But anyways, but uh, yeah. Okay. No, that totally makes sense. Uh, now, I know that you have a strong opinion that, you know, if we have to hear about here about uh, how both the kind of the two main groups of people that go to parks that ride coasters, the GP and Thuzies how they have an impact on why people are scared to ride coasters. And I have a theory as to what your positioning on this may be, but I'm curious to hear, you know, what your thoughts are on this subject. So six Flags over Texas. I don't know if it's just the GP there or if it's really anywhere else. I didn't notice that Fiesta, Texas. I didn't notice that SeaWorld San Antonio Kings Island. I, I didn't notice that any of these parks, it's only at over Texas that I noticed it. The ride operators actually you know, scare people away from rides. And hmm. it's, it's an, it's like, it's very intriguing to think about that because you're trying to get people to ride your rides. Um, you're not trying to push people away. You're trying to actually get people to ride your ride and say, wow, I want to go back on that ride. Yeah. Um, and I've heard so many people at, you know, the GP while I'm waiting for Mr. Freeze or the giant saying that, a brutal accident happened on it. They heard it from someone um, or they the hear operators, from, huh? The operators are telling people this. Yeah. Were you trained to do that? Mm -mm. You I was not, I was not trained to do that at all. No, okay. I was actually trained to make people have a smile on their face, ask them how the ride was. And that's why I was so confused on why they were doing that. Mm -hmm. And I was uh, I was later informed that it was because they didn't want people to ride because they wanted to just sit back and relax all day. Um, so yeah. okay, you weren't trained to do this, but how long <laughs> did you work at the at Six Flags Over Texas? That's a whole other story for itself. Uh, I worked there for about two weeks, and I had to quit because I had a heat stroke. Um, oh, oh my god! Yeah, I called in. I told them I couldn't come in to work. I had a heat stroke. They wanted me to drive to Six Flags, get checked up by a doctor, and then drive back home while having a heat stroke. Oh. And I wasn't going to do that, so they ended up firing me on the spot for that. Right. Um, right. Oh. And, yeah, so it was about two weeks, and everyone that I knew there was basically doing that to everyone. And even the ride operators that are still working there from when I was working there are still doing it to this day. Still doing it. So... <laughs> You know, only I have to say only at Six Flags we could probably see this, but yeah. how is it that the managers, and again, maybe the answer is it's Six Flags, but how is it that the managers are not getting involved and in, in stopping this behavior? Uh, the, I feel like the managers actually kind of persuade it to happen. They kind of go uh -huh. along with it. Um, I don't know if you know him or not, uh, Marshall, coaster engineer at six flags over texas no no uh i do not he's a big influencer for over texas he recently got um applied to be in the main headquarters six flags and headquarters in arlington um yeah. so you may see him in some of the commercials for six flags now um but he was he was working there at the time and a lot of his friends were the managers that would come over to the rides and uh, inspect them see how we're doing um i can't remember his name i don't want to you know point fingers at anyone um i'd rather be undisclosed because i don't want them getting in trouble right. but um sure. they would come over and they would be talking like their friends because obviously i mean you work with people you're going to be friends with them 
but right. it got to the point to where they would be disrespectful to other employees. They'd say stuff to guests to scare them or say stuff to you make them not want to ride the ride again. People would be walking by to go ride Titan and pe- the ride operators would be yelling from the new Texas giant station saying, Hey, don't go ride that. It's dangerous. Don't do that. Come ride our ride. Our ride's safe. And then they'd come in and then they'd be telling everyone that all the rides are dangerous there. It, it was horrible. Yeah. That's pretty bad. So mm-hmm. then the GP hear this and believe the stories because they're GP and then they share with others and, Okay, yes. so I can see how they could affect people being scared to ride now. In your opinion, how is it that Thuzis scare people from riding? So the reason I said that was because enthusiasts have a large presence in the roller coaster community. If right. you're wanting to look up how a roller coaster works to get over your fear, then all you're met with is people who are enthusiasts who are talking about these rides and trying to share how safe they are or um, about maybe how the safety system works. Sure. And while looking through that, you can also find videos based on people just trying to get clout for the dumbest reasons possible. I found a video on YouTube from a well-known enthusiast, and he was talking about how his fear of roller coasters started and how he'd seen people. This was supposedly how he'd seen people fall off and get injured or when it stops on the chain that it's dangerous for riders and people go off of that all the time. And yes, it it sucks so much because no matter how much I try to tell people, you should go ride coasters with me. You should do this. They always tell me I'm like, they're scared. They don't want to ride it. And -hmm. I always tell them, go watch some YouTube videos on it. Go try to find a way to experience it and then the next day they'll come back and tell me that they learned more stuff that and they don't even want to ride coasters anymore because they know too much and it's just you can't win with it you know yeah the spread of misinformation whether it be from six flags operators or you know shameful supposed enthusiasts on youtube that just try to get mm-hmm. and I, I have a lot of friends that are uh youtube in, in, you know uh influencers and you know have youtube channels uh, of varying sizes some very very successful and you know thankfully they're all very positive and, yes. and you know not to say that they don't have you know have some humor in their videos sometimes or oh yeah like you know <laughs> uh one of my one of my uh, one of my friends is one of the most successful YouTubers, uh, Newsman Insider, Austin. And and I, I mentioned before, we've had him here on the podcast. He lives here in Orlando. And another mutual friend of ours, her name's Jess. Um, shout out if she's listening. She She's an enthusiast. Uh, she's quite a character. She's very, very animated and, and funny. And, and, you know, even if you conquer your fears, you can still have fears. I mean, even if you're an enthusiast and riding all these crazy coasters, you can still have latent fears. And one of the most common ones for coaster enthusiasts to still have is, is fear of heights. Because with coasters, you, you're, you know, you're strapped in, you're not up high for long, you know, especially with launch coasters or even like fast mm-hmm. lift hill systems, you know, like modern intimates and things like that. And, you know, even, even the B&Ms like, you know, Fury, their, their lifts are fairly fast. So you're not up high for very long and you're distracted. Yes. So you can still have a fear of heights and still go on any coaster pretty much. And uh-huh. Jess happens to have a fear of heights. And so she was, uh, they, she and Austin, a few others, they were out uh, in Pigeon Forge, you know, for Dollywood, et cetera. Oh, yeah. Went on the, what is it, the zip line coaster, I think it is, out by uh, Dolly Parton Stampede there in front there. 
which I, I've not been on that coaster yet. And mm -hmm. she got stuck on it because of the wind and because of her weight. She's she's not heavy. She's white. She's light. And I think if she'd been heavier, she might have been fine in this case. But anyway, she got stuck on it. And you know, Austin's, you know, hear him, you can see him videoing it. And he's laughing at her, making fun of her, you know, all, all, all in good yeah. time. He wasn't <laughs> upset about it. She's a good sport. But you know, there's humor, like that kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. and you know, and like a coaster studios, Taylor, uh, not so much anymore, I guess, but back in his his, I guess his prime, you know, okay. several years ago, uh, when he was still doing the solo stuff, um, you know, he would do some really good like skits and 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 all the, you know, pretty elaborate stuff with friends of his. Doesn't really again do that much anymore, but um, you know, and there's others too that do really good humor uh or just colorful content, but again, truthful, you know, positive content. Uh the uh, you know, um uh theme park worldwide, Sean is amazing, park pros, Cole. I mean, there's a lot of good people, El Toro Ryan. Um oh, yeah. You know, there's there's so many good ones. Uh, you know, I keep on going. You know, uh, airtime for <laughs> Chris. There, there's tons of them out there that are very positive and factual and insightful. Uh, but you know, in any community, there's some bad eggs, and one of those ways that those bad eggs can show themselves is you know trying to make a buck off of things and and you know sensationalizing things and even being you know completely um, factual. Now, now I can say I don't do I don't watch a lot of YouTube. But I have never seen anything like what you've described. And I'm happy that I've not seen anything like that. Mm -hmm. uh, now, now, with all that said, again, we're talking about being factual, ideally. And being factual means including, you know, doc, you know, documentaries or videos about things that have gone wrong. You know, uh, and, and yes, there have been accidents. There have been fatal accidents at times. Um and you know, I think it's 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 a part of this community and a part of parks in general for for those to if people want to learn about what happened, uh, and hopefully those videos you know generally will cover what went wrong and why that won't happen again and new safety mechanisms. Just like when planes crash, you know, usually you know the FAA they do an investigation and they find out it's oh it was a failure of this module, so now they have maintenance cover that every three months or whatever. You know, you learn and you make things better. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's that's the hope. So hopefully, you know, that's the only kind of videos we see moving forward about these events that happen. Now, all that said, mm -hmm. you know, roller coasters are very safe. Yes, there mm -hmm. are accidents. Typically, every year there's an accident or two. Generally, yeah. they're not fatal. You know, generally, mm -hmm. you know, like like what happened on El Toro. Oh, that's Ryan. <laughs> on El Toro, <laughs> not not Ryan, but El, his favorite ghost for El Toro um, last summer. You know, with the the derailment and you know the puddle and all that. You know, again, injuries, but no one died. Um, mm -hmm. Relatively minor. Um, and again, the, even those events are very, very, very rare. You're, if if you're afraid of going on coasters, you shouldn't be in an automobile. You should yeah. definitely not be in an automobile because mm -hmm. automobiles are far more dangerous. Like orders of magnitude more dangerous but again, yeah so anyways yeah the fear the fear leads us to be very irrational and part of the rationality here is being afraid of something that's much more safe than something that we are not afraid of you know it's, it's yeah that's, but anyways but so so moving on from this so to a more, much more positive thing <laughs> uh <laughs> How would you say that coasters have had a significant positive impact on your life? Now, you know, going just beyond the the fears that we were talking about earlier, just in general, uh, how have, you know, you, your first job was with coasters, albeit for a couple of weeks, you know, anything else beyond that where coasters have had a positive impact? So they really 
at the time of 2020, I think everyone pretty much can relate on this. It's 2020 was just a, a bad year. I mean, we had the pandemic, we had the George Floyd stuff going on. We had a whole lot of stuff going on that was just impacting our world. Everyone oh, yeah. didn't like anyone. They didn't like to do anything. And if the people who wanted to do stuff, they couldn't because they were locked in their houses. And it was just a really bad year. And my men, like my mental state was just through the roof. It was down. Um, I didn't really have a personality. Like I didn't, I, I didn't know who I really was. Hmm. I was a freshman in high school. So I mean, I was still developing, I was still learning and trying to grow to who I am now. Um, and coasters just were there. And after riding coasters, I just, like I said, I kind of unlocked who I really think I'm meant to be. And I found something I'm so interested in that I actually want to keep researching about them. I want to keep watching videos about them, recording them like the mechanic side of it too. And I'm not a mechanic at all. <laughs> I just like to like watch stuff like that. Cause it's just interesting to me. And it's, it upgraded my life. Basically I went from being like this. I thought I was a nobody. Nobody really talked to me. I was very quiet. I didn't want to do anything. It was just in my house 24 seven. Then after riding coasters, I learned to go outside more. I learned to talk to people, make friends and, you know, upgrade, like be a better me, um, go to college. Yeah. That was something I didn't want to do, but it doesn't have anything to do with coasters for whatever reason. But after traveling to ride coasters around, the, you know, America, after I think I went to Florida, I basically was like, okay, I really want to start going to college so I can basically travel for work, ride coasters while I'm doing that. And actually have a purpose for what I think my life is meant to be. So after, I definitely would say that's what's really helped me the most with riding coasters is just finding out who I really am in this world. That's fantastic. A lot of positivity there. So like you were talking about with 2020, with the pandemic and all the other craziness, the election, the, you know, George Floyd, everything mm -hmm. that, went on that year, that was, you know, uh, you know, a lot of us that are, you know, let's say absent of some freak accident or illness, you know, if we live our full life expectancy as people like yourself, myself, they're going to live several more decades, if not longer, we're, you know, we're going to live through many years. I mean, yeah. who knows what the, what the world's going to throw at us, you know, especially these days with international stuff, Middle East and Ukraine and, you know, China and whatever else, but hopefully all that will, will not escalate into something that we're all afraid of. And assuming it does it, um, you know, we'll probably, will look back at 2020 as one of the worst years of our lives. Um, you know, 2020 and then 2001 for me, you know, being uh, September 11th, albeit at the end of that year, uh, those are two of the worst years in my life, whether it be directly impacting me and or just the world in general, um, you know, in, in, that I was alive for. And, you know, hopefully we won't have too many more years of those where we'll look back. I really hope not. <laughs> year. Yeah, because, yeah, 2020, you know, not to say that there weren't some you know, I mean, one or two good things that came out of the pandemic indirectly, you know, being able to work from home and flexibility mm -hmm. of that. And I, I really enjoy that. And I'm able to live a better life because of it, a more flexible life where I can work. Working from home means working from anywhere, which has a, become a huge thing for me with my career. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that's been enabled partly because of the nature of the work that I do, but also has been augmented by it becoming more in fashion because of post-COVID um so you know and and perhaps some other things as well I, you know i um 
you know, probably good practices. And I'm not necessarily saying, and I'm not, not going to get political here, but uh, you know, about hygiene, about people washing their hands more often. I mean, cause these things matter. Forget about COVID, whatever COVID is or is not just illnesses in general, colds, flus, pneumonia, bronchitis, uh, all these transmittable diseases, respiratory and so forth. You know, people washing their hands and just being a little more hygiene sensitive. You know, someone coughs, you kind of keep your distance, not that they're dying, but, you know, so you don't get what they have in case they are sick and it's not just asthma or something. You know, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, a lot of people are not getting as sick as often, you know, which is, you know, general illnesses, you know, colds and things like that. Um, I've noticed that and I, you know, I've been much more keen to get uh, like the flu vaccine every year. And I literally, I, I was just, I traveled a lot. And that's one of the, another reason why I like getting things like that, the flu vaccine. Um, mm-hmm. you know, travel, you can get sick and changes in temperatures. And I was just in Vegas over the week. I didn't sleep much as I, a lot of us often don't <laughs> do, don't sleep much more in Vegas. And I started mm-hmm. to feel a little sick towards the end. I'm like, oh boy, I got a cruise next weekend coming up here in tomorrow now. Uh, and I'm like, I don't want to be sick for that. And I, you know, did my preventative things when I started to feel a sore throat coming on. And it was one of those things where the sore throat never got bad. I barely got any kind of runny nose or congested nose, just a very minor cough. And I personally think I might've started to catch the flu and because I'm vaccinated. Yeah. Because the way the vaccines work, it's not that you don't catch it. You just have a very light version of it. Same thing with COVID. Yeah. And so, or, you know, I don't think I got COVID, but more likely the flu, but you know, I, I think I probably might've caught the flu and my body was able to fight it with the vaccine, you know, science, go science, I'm a firm believer in science. So anyway, mm-hmm. so I think another thing that came out of the pandemic is, is people for various reasons, best practices, vaccines, et cetera, less likely to get sick. Uh, and I, yeah. and I, I have had far less respiratory infections the past few years since COVID because of preventative and vaccines, et cetera. So Hmm. who knows but um yeah i mean i went through also you know you know like for you you kind of discovering coasters going to the park in 2020 and breaking breaking your fears it wasn't because of covid necessarily just happened then right Mm -hmm. yeah i mean for me i went through something similar not breaking fears and coasters but uh i went uh went through a divorce in early 2021 so again in 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 the middle of or later covid not Mm -hmm. because of covid uh, and uh, my marriage was, and I've spoken about it before on this podcast, was very abusive psychologically. Uh, I was married to a narcissist uh, for 17 years, and he was so abusive that, amongst other things, prevented me from living my best life, as the, as the kids say these days. I yeah. uh, was not able to go to a lot of coaster events because he didn't approve of them, using air quotes here, and not that he should be able to approve anyway or need to approve. So I never got to go to Hollywood Nights and, you know, stuff uh-huh. And I uh, just was very, very controlling. And 2021, it, my, my marriage literally was started to end January 2021. We separated and my life just blossomed almost immediately in many ways. Uh, and I won't go the full, the full story here because I've done it before in the podcast. But, you know, suffice to say, one of the things that happened that year, one of the many awesome things that happened that year uh, was I went to Hollywood Nights for the first time. And it was one of the best weekends of my life, that first Hollywood Nights I went to, even though that was 2021, even though that was the event, that was the year that the event was, by many enthusiasts would say, was the worst year. You know, all the problems that occurred, the, the woman that uh, yeah. died on, on Voyage, uh, you know, the Voyage was safe. It was a just a free thing for her. Uh, Dawn mm-hmm. was very sad that she died. Uh, and then, you know, Thunderbird was closed. All these problems. 
I still had the best weekend ever. And again, I try to look at things positively and not start, you know, you know, nitpicking, oh, this is wrong and this is wrong. I was focusing on my friends. So many friends were there. You know, the rides that I did get were great. I never rode Voyage before. I'd never been to Holiday World. Beautiful park. Mm -hmm. Food was great. So much fun. So many laughs. And yeah, it was, like I said, one of the best weekends of my life still. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah. So I, again, in that same time period, I can relate. I, I kind of, my life changed dramatically for the better. And it's just been, it's been just kind of, I don't want to say skyrocketing, but just improving it from there these past few years and, and with various, for various reasons. So yeah. but, uh, I'm glad to see that, you know, there's someone else out there that again, inadvertently, not because of COVID directly kind of, you know, life improved even despite what was going on that year. And, you know, that's encouraging. And that, I think that's a good message for people is even if the world is falling apart, so to speak, not literally, but figuratively, Mm -hmm. You know, never know your life could get better, you know, in, in indirectly or directly because of what's going on in the world. So. Oh, yeah. It can always go up from there. That's always how I look at it. It always goes up. You may go down sometimes, but you learn to pick yourself up and you learn to become a better you. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. You may be down for years. You never know. But there will be one day in your life that will change everything. It, it, you, you just have to wait for it. You just have to wait for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Then there could be more than one of those events in life. Uh, I, I've had multiple events like that in my life where my life has changed dramatically for the better. Uh, mm -hmm. And just events and coincidences. I personally think I believe in karma. And with what happened in my marriage, I have a lot of karma credit <laughs> like yeah. coming my way. And I feel like I've been getting a lot of it these past few years, fortunately. But anyways, but yeah, some good positivity there. So thanks for for sharing that. Mm -hmm. So let, let's go through a little less serious, but some kind of fun questions. These are always fun to go through, especially these first two. So first of all, what would you say has been your craziest moment on a coaster? Oh, oh, I it immediately popped in my head as soon as you said that. Um, so while I was working on the new Texas Giant, it was probably my third day working there. And the new employees aren't supposed to ride the rides until they are at least there for a couple months i don't know why i really? guess it's just one of their rules there at least at the new texas giant the crew of 2022 oh. i it might have been just their rule but they didn't want us riding and we had one of the managers come over and said do you want to get a ride on it real quick and the other ride operator that was with me didn't want to ride the coaster she was tired she wanted to go home and i was like yeah sure i'll ride it so i got a zen ride on the giant and when I came back into the station, they were like, you want to go again? And I was like, yeah, sure. I mean, you can't turn down a ride on the giant by yourself. Right. And they, they were like, well, we're going to make it crazy for you. And I was like, okay, how are you going to uh -huh. do this? They unbuckled my seatbelt, opened the lap bar and they push it barely. Like I, I had mm -hmm. at least yeah. a couple inches off of me and wow. I was like, oh my gosh. And so they send the train and while we're on, while I was on the lift hill, I was like, should I really be riding it like this? This is definitely unsafe. And we, I dropped down the first drop and at, like, that was the most insane ejector I've ever had. I have never felt unsafe on a roller coaster until that day. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So these were assumed night rides as well on top of it, right? Yes. Yes, the night rides. Yeah. They had they had the uh, I don't know if you know it, but the the giant has the uh, the Derek right in the middle of the field, and sometimes yeah, it shoots yeah. off flames. Right. While I was riding it, that was when they had the flames on, 
So I got I got a Zen ride flame ride at night and it was the coolest thing ever. Wow, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I uh, I'm not going to name the park because I don't want to, you know, even though I'm not, I don't know who the employees are, uh, you know, but I still just don't want to get people in trouble. Uh, a friend of mine, I uh, was visiting a certain park with, and it's his home park and it's one of his favorite coasters and he knows the team there. And so I got something similar. Uh, I was not on Texas giant. It was another RMC. I'll say that much. And, uh, he, he, you know, he made sure he, I, I don't forget the term it's minimum, you, you know, I know cause you worked in RMC minimum clearance or min- like what you got with yeah. the lap, uh, mm-hmm. whatever it's called, you know, where it's, it's just where the light comes on, so to speak or whatnot. Um, yeah. still had to have the seatbelt on, you know, they still required mm-hmm. me to have the seatbelt, but at least for the lap bars. So that was, that was pretty cool, but I can only imagine, you know, cause basically all RMCs have, have, uh, have seatbelts, you know, all the, the traditional RMCs. Um, you know, the, the steel wood conversions. And I, I can't imagine what riding one without a seatbelt with minimum clearance would be. Yeah. That's wow. Wow. That's a great story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was insane. I, I would honestly, if they told me to do it again, I would buckle my (laughs) seatbelt. Oh, that's how insane it was. Wow. that's coming from you. Wow. That's, uh, wow. Okay. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, I, and to be fair, you know, on the RMCs, you know, sometimes when parks cheap out, sometimes we benefit. Again, I'm not going to name the park, although I have I have issues with some of their safety procedures. Honestly, not related to this, more related to cell phones on on coasters and not not policing that. Yeah. But probably already know which one I'm talking about. Uh, they they cheap out. You know, some of the ones cheap out. They don't have the retractable seatbelts. They just have the manual ones. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, you know, like pretty much all Thuzies, I've, I might've loosened my seatbelt here and there, you know, uh, yeah. going still, but so yeah, you know, but again, still have that, you know, operator checked, you know, where the, the restraint is pretty far down, et cetera. But, you know, uh, still, mm-hmm. you know, coasters are fun regardless. And I, I do want to put out a disclaimer, given the topic area we're getting into, I have even have some friends that have done this standing up on Voyage, you know, who you are, who I'm talking to. Uh, <laughs> you're lucky you didn't get caught again. I'm not going to name names, but yeah, the person probably listening, you know, as I'm talking to like laughing right now, a good friend of mine, but anyway, you know, all seriousness, you know, we need to be, be you know, as Thuzies, and this is a thought what you might've been getting at earlier when you said how Thuzies have an impact on people being scared to ride. I thought what you were going to get at is but before knowing the answer to the question that, you know, Thuzies pushing the envelope, you know, you know, unbuckling seatbelts, standing up yeah. on you know where you know there's as far as i know not been injuries because of any of these things but people being ejected from parks or banned from parks holiday world's mm-hmm. famous for that voyage again a friend of mine i mentioned he's lucky he's, that's not happened to him um you know you know people you know reaching you know thuzies and i <laughs> i have friends that do this you know taller friends you know taller you know generally have longer arms yes. that are purposely try to reach out and and they they will hit things and there aren't their mm-hmm. fingers get all messed up and I'm like why you know again there's some you know people should not be doing that stuff i mean why do you want to you know put yourself in pain like you know and risk risking pain that's not why i'm riding coasters I so, know. <laughs> anyway so there's you know again people just be safe on coasters be smart you know don't 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 go crazy with you know the restraints and, and stuff like that but yeah anyways <laughs> so i think i'm gonna i know the answer to this question but maybe i'm wrong um but what is your favorite coaster okay um so my favorite coaster that i've ever rode iron Gwazi. 
I, oh, okay. I'm wrong. Okay. I got I got okay. down the Iron Gawazi um, this June. I actually took a trip by myself as soon as I graduated high school. Nice. Um, flew out to Florida. I went to Fun Spot, uh, Universal, SeaWorld Orlando, and then I took a bus down to ride Iron Gawazi at Busch Gardens Tampa. And after my first round of Velocicoaster, I was like, there's no way Iron Gawazi could beat this. There's mm-hmm. no way. It was that good to me. But Iron Gwazi, it may be a fast coaster. It is over in a second, but I feel like it just, I wrote it in the beginning of the day too. Usually people say it has to warm up. I wrote it at the beginning and it was hauling. Went through the wave, like every every element was ejecting me from my seat. The ride operators were very generous. Um, They gave me a lot of room and I personally don't have a problem with the RMC restraints. I don't have a problem with them at all. I am a taller person. So that could be why I am about six three. So okay. I I do get a lot of room. Um, also, I'm very skinny. <laughs> I <laughs> I fly on any coaster. You you put me in a kitty coaster, I could be out of my seat somehow. <laughs> um, but were you, were you there all day? By the way, or were you, I was yeah. there. I was there all day. Um, I had to I had to leave early though because Tampa had a massive rainstorm. So I didn't get I didn't get any night rides on it. Um, I got two rides on it, and that was about it. Uh, well, uh, I can tell you, I live here in Florida. I live in Orlando, so uh, I don't go to Busch Gardens that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, one because I have other hobbies. I like you know I travel a lot. I go on cruises. I I go just go to all over the place. Let's go back in Vegas. Uh, I yeah. like to have different hobbies and I don't coasters is not my only hobby. And so mm-hmm. I don't go to my home parks as much as you might think. Um, but I do certainly go, but I, and you know, again, I go enough where I've had many, many night rides on Guazi and it's, they're fantastic. Uh, one, you know, just because of the the visual aspects of having night rides of the, you know, it, things, the psychological, it seems going like it's going faster yes. than that because you can't see as well. But then on top of that, yeah, it's been warming up all day. And that is an example of a coaster uh, where, yeah, it makes a difference. And when you have the Florida heat and everything, assuming you don't get rained out, like you mentioned, yeah. uh, and been sending trains fairly regularly, it does get warmed up. And you, I have, because I've ridden that like, throughout the day on, on visits, you know, with various friends and stuff worth visiting and, you know, where we see it progress through the day. That is, that, that's probably one oh, of yeah. the, that, that changes more than a lot of others uh, when it warms up, mm-hmm. um, but it's still a great ride. First ride of the day. I've ridden the first ride of the day. Oh, it's phenomenal. Um, I love it. But yeah. But the, the um, uh, bow roll down dropper, what's better known as a death roll yes. uh, night warmed up is incredible. Absolutely incredible. So, I'm so jealous. <laughs> yeah, so you'll, have, you'll have to come back and, uh, and, and check it out for sure. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I, it is not my number one. It is my number one RMC. Uh, um, it's in my, I think it's not in my top 10 anymore, but it's close. So I have a lot of respect. Cause again, I, it's high up in my rankings. I'm more of an intimate guy. Okay. Uh, that's just my thing. So, um, but again, respect, I think Aranguazi is better than steel vengeance. Have you written steel vengeance by the way? I am going to take a trip next year. It'll be a 15-day road trip, and I oh, will wow. be going to Cedar Point. So that'll be my first time to ride it. Okay, because you mentioned you've been to Kings Island, but not okay. Mm-hmm. Well, um, yeah, I'm curious to see how how Steel Vengeance ranks for you compared to Iron Gwazi. But after multiple rides on Steel Vengeance on multiple trips and many rides on Iron Gwazi, I think Iron Gwazi is far superior. And you brought up something that I do want to highlight 
because uh, I've gotten into not arguments, but discussions, debates with people mm-hmm. this past year about this general topic, which is, you know, you mentioned Iron Gwazi is not that long of a ride, but it's not, it's not the quantity, not how long, how many minutes or whatever seconds. It, it's the quality of the ride that matters, in my opinion. Yes. And that is why I, one of the reasons why Tron, why I can rank Tron better than Guardians. Um, there's a number of reasons why I like Tron better. I won't get into all that now. But, you know, it, it's not just, uh, you know, about, you know, oh, it's got more airtime because it's got a longer coaster. Or, you know, mm-hmm. I, I personally don't look at it that way. Again, if you look at it that way, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. We can debate. You know, it's all fun. We can have nice, respectful. That's the key, respectful discussion. Yes. But anyway, I appreciate that you share my view that it's not, you know, it's not, let's not just focus on how long the coaster is. Let's look at how good the coaster is, mm-hmm. shorter, you know, you know, quality. Yes. So, yeah. Okay. So um, speaking of quality or maybe a lack thereof, there's a segue. Uh, mm-hmm. What would you say your least favorite coaster is? I don't even like saying the name of it because I don't like it that much. Uh, <laughs> so, um, my mom, she's a contract nurse and she got a contract in Oklahoma. And so I was like, okay, you know, I can go to frontier city. Yeah. I get there and diamondback phenomenal ride there. Silver bullet had ejector, but not really all that there, but I had heard nothing really about wildcat. But once I, once I rode wildcat, I realized why I have heard nothing about it. It is because it sucks so much. I, it doesn't do anything for me. Like there's no there's no positives there's no negatives there's it it just does nothing it meanders around it's rough and the ending where it's supposed to be like kind of like a splashdown is gone they they don't have it anymore and it's just visually unappealing to look at the best part of the ride is the queue with all of the famous wooden coasters from around the world inside there and you get to read the facts about it other than that everything else was horrible about it everything. I'm not that familiar with Frontier City. I've not ever been there before, which is sad because I've been to Oklahoma City before. I just it's not it's just never worked out for me to get to that park. Eventually, I'll get there. But uh, you know, Wildcat it, it's made by what National Amusement Device Company, and uh, you know, it's made by a no name. You know, I don't know how many yes. coaches they made. And it, it also not, I'm not saying that there were no coasters built, no wooden coasters, excuse me, built. Mm-hmm. 90s that aren't good but for the most part the 90s that was a bad time period for coasters that was the cci time period uh, and, yeah you know, gci really hadn't gotten started yet till the later years um yeah. but um you know there weren't a lot of good you know it was really not until the early earlier even mid 2000s where we started getting really good wood coasters you know, getting getting your good GCIs, getting gravity groups, and and, and you know, and so forth. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't surprise me because that ride was built. Wildcat was built in 1991. So yeah, and it doesn't look fun from looking at pictures of it. So it is not fun. It just jackhammers you, and th- that's the only force that is applied on that ride. It's just a constant jackhammer. You get stapled off the first drop. No airtime on the first drop, no airtime on any of the hills. I rode the front, middle, and back. I tried giving it a chance. I was there for three days. I tried giving it a chance. I rode it over 15 times, and it just never did anything for me. And I was like, wow, this is one of the only coasters that 
I wish would be demolished and not arm seed or anything. I just wish it would be demolished. I don't like it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, uh, obviously, I know you're from Texas, home park, it's Six Flags over Texas. Yes, sir. So you're very passionate about your home parks, which totally makes sense. And mm -hmm. you know, you're you're still you still live there in Texas, right? Yes, I do. I live in Fort Worth. Right. So your home park there is where you you know developed your passion for you know coasters, became an enthusiast, broke your fears. Your first job was there. You know, there's a lot going on. So mm -hmm. what do you think makes the Texas park so special and their and their coasters special in your, in, in your view? So. I always hear a lot of people saying Six Flags Over Texas is not really a great park. People usually just say, oh, go there for the giant. That's the only ride that's worth going there for when it's completely the opposite way. Six Flags Over Texas has such a charm compared to all the other parks that I've even been to. Um, it brings energy that you you know you would never thought you could find an amusement park. And that may just be because it's my home park and I know so much about it. But the the people there, the enthusiasts that are around, shout out Coaster Blast, by the way. He is a phenomenal guy. Met him at the park. Um, he is a Mr. Freeze addict. He has rode that thing <laughs> over 1,500 times. Like, he loves that ride. And he showed me around the park because it's been his home park. He's been an enthusiast longer than I have. Showed me around and met some really cool enthusiasts there. Met some really cool workers there for even when I was there. They weren't working at the time of course but um he just the park just brings this energy the coaster collection too is phenomenal in my opinion you have a launch shuttle coaster that's 200 feet with if you include the spike you have titan which if you love positive g-forces that is the absolute ride for you the new texas giant phenomenal ride it it is still in my top 10 for all the parks i've been to it is still in my top 10 um still one of the greatest rmc's out there I do prefer over Iron Rattler. That is very controversial to some people, but I do prefer the Giant over Iron Rattler. Um, yet again, it just came down to the presence of the park. You know, you have Aquaman, which is a mock power splash in America, the only one in America right now. That yeah. is that alone has an insane ejector hill when you're going on the third launch. Yeah. You would never, oh, yeah. you would never think it did, but you just get absolutely ejected out of your seat. Um, Lavi Bora, I don't need really. I like that's an okay ride, but it's unique because it's the only, it's the last standing bobsled from Intamin now, right? And right. it's it's causing Six Flags to have, or Six Flags over Texas to have this energy of nostalgia with these older rides. You have Premier Rides, it's only Lift Hill Coaster, and it is actually their first roller coaster ever made with Runaway Mountain. Um, oh, yeah. Which, yeah. that alone has the greatest element on any coaster that I personally have been on, which is that hairpin drop. Phenomenal, phenomenal mm. feeling to feel on any coaster in the pure dark. Um, right, right. They also host Lone Star Coaster Thon. They, that's an amazing coaster event held by Ace. Um, everyone in Ace was super nice there. All the Texas locals, super nice. Um, and I definitely think Six Flags should be putting in more love to that park. They have a lot of room that they can work on if they wanted it to. Um, I feel like Six Flags shut out Six Flags Over Texas due to um, population and all the stuff that's around Texas because they have Fiesta, which they can just keep 
putting into heavily. Uh, right. They got Kid Flash after getting Doctor Diabolical, two great, like two amazing additions into one park. You know, in the span of two years, um, yeah. um, which yeah. I like Fiesta, but I do think Six Flags Over Texas just has a different sort of charm with its locals, the workers, and even you know management being literally right down the street. I mean, you can't go wrong with Six Flags Over Texas. Parking's fine. Everything about the park just blows my mind compared to all the other Six Flags parks that I have visited. Right, right. No, that mm-hmm. totally makes sense. Yeah, no, I mean, I I don't get the hate that Six Flags Over Texas gets. I've been there twice, although it's been a long time, like I said earlier. Uh, but I had two great visits there. I think it's a charming park. It's the original Six Flags Park, which means something. It should mean something. Yes. Um, I do like Fiesta Texas. I prefer Fiesta Texas, but I still think they're both great parks. You know, as far as Fiesta Texas getting two coasters in within two years, uh, I don't know if you if you listen to our back catalog and nothing wrong if you haven't, but I'm going to point you to a recent episode we released uh, a couple of months ago. I think it was uh interview we did with Jeffrey Siebert from oh, yes. Texas. And, you know, with what he shared on that, because, you know, I tried to, and granted, he, he was a little dodgy in a, in a, in a positive way, not, not mm-hmm. in a good way, you know, with some of the questions. And I was trying to be a little probing, but trying to understand why that park is so different. And the, the one thing that came out of the interview that he did reveal is that uh, he and Celine uh, have really made that park the test park for Six Flags to try out different things. Like he was talking about the lounge and and premier, mm-hmm. you know, premium seating and you know all the benches and how how about you keep that park clean and just really having a premium experience overall uh, and trying that out and seeing what happens. Yes, and hats off to Salim and and to uh, Jeffrey for that. And now with this merger, I think that's very important because everyone mm-hmm. I think pretty much regards in general, mind you. Uh, you know, if you look at Six Flags versus Cedar Fair, Six Flags is a step below Cedar Fair in yes. terms of quality and 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 ma- ride maintenance and et cetera, et cetera, food, mm-hmm. et cetera. So with the merger, you know, they're going to be the same company. So hopefully we have, you know, more of Fiesta Texas influence, Cedar Fair influence, propping up Six Flags parks in general. What yeah. one of, You know, I'm going to call them out right now. Uh, if that chain does not improve the Six Flags part of it, the food quality, shame on them. Because it is the it is absolutely awful. It's absolute shame on them if they don't. Yeah. And and it, it you know it's it's really bad. And whereas Cedar Fair, they have fantastic they've really improved their food. So there's like this kind of thing where Six Flags has moved in the wrong direction because they used to be better in my opinion. Food wise uh-huh. Cedar Fair has gotten better. So they're really apart from each other. And again, hopefully we get more of Cedar Fair's influence than the vice versa. And, and ride maintenance and quality of operation, the, you know, customer service, you know. Again, hopefully Jeffrey, Salim with working with Jeffrey and then Cedar Fair, hopefully they can prop up all the Six Flags parks in general, um, you know, and hopefully raise the quality with this merger. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, Fiesta, Texas, I, I need to get back. There. I was telling Jeff that and I was being honest with him um, when when I did the interview and uh, I was hoping to get out there this year because I want to do like you talk about you're doing a 15 day road trip next year. Those, that's awesome. I love road trips. I generally do one big road trip a year. Again, work from home equals work from anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so my next big trip that I want to do road trip wise is an out west trip. So I've done 
the up the eastern seaboard did that last summer this spring i did the midwest kind of going up the middle uh so hopefully next year but i might have to wait till 2025 um do out west trip uh to get back out to texas and get out to alabama because i have not been to ola or splash adventure uh, colorado i've not done a whole lot in utah I a whole bunch of things i want to do mm-hmm. um so but texas would be a, a big part of the trip i'd spend a lot of time there um and one of the things i'd want to do is get back to over texas not been there in a long time but also get to uh fiesta texas back there because it's been about six years and i, oh, I yeah. need, and with jeffrey Je- that's jeffrey's come in since then and i know he's made a lot of improvements so i'm really curious to see that um the last thing i'll comment on that you mentioned is uh aquaman so uh i i am fortunate i get to travel a lot and and like i mentioned earlier one of the places i traveled to i very much love traveling to it's europe uh, i've been to asia as well but um last last year I went to europe twice for for parks and i did go to wally belgium and i did oh, rock, okay. uh pulsar it's one of the main reasons why i went to that park mm-hmm. and uh i i yeah, I think those power splashes are are great. Um, and I'm looking forward to the second gen. Hopefully someone will build the second gen with a loop because that could be really cool. I know. Yeah, they're, they're fun rides. They are really fun rides. They are. They are super fun. Um, a lot of people think we're saying it wasn't the right addition for Six Flags Over Texas. But in Texas, we get hot. We get yep. super hot. Like here, I think this last summer, we reached the hottest of like 118. Like we wow. were super hot when I had my heat stroke at work, we were every single day, at least one Oh eight. Like it was super duper hot here in Texas. And so we did need a water ride and the Aquaman plot had been sitting there for who knows how long. I mean, they announced Aquaman 2019 and 2020 happened and yeah. it got delayed after delayed after delayed. And unless you were really a home, like if that wasn't your home park, you went up understood how badly we needed a water ride because we yeah. do have, we know we have roaring rapids. We do have uh, El Acerado, um, which is the log flume there. We do have those two rides, but they don't really get you wet. Like how you would think mm-hmm. uh, all command basically takes water and dumps a whole bucket of it on your head. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's really good for that weather. We don't really get that much rain, and if we do, it only lasts for a couple of seconds, and it's kind of hot rain, too. With that right. water being nice and cold, you can get splashed if you're waiting in the line. It, It is just a – it's a different experience for Texas that we desperately needed, and we were supposed to be getting a log flume this year or next year, my bad, um, which is supposed to be one of the biggest log flumes in the world, combining the – world's first log flume with the newer log flume and making it into one project that got canceled i don't know if anyone really knows about it it got canceled yeah um i've been to the park i've seen they they stopped doing construction on it um so it's just sitting there now that plot of land is prime for i wouldn't necessarily say another water ride but it is prime for a fantastic addition which i think vacoma should definitely heavily invest into it um mm-hmm. but aquaman i got off topic i'm so sorry about that but, that's okay uh, aquaman the airtime you wouldn't think there's airtime on it there is airtime on it there's no seat belts yeah. it is just a lap bar yeah. um the spikes depending on what row you sit in you can get a pop of airtime on the very back spike on the yeah. uh final launch the splash like i said you get drenched 
I don't know how many times I've seen people get off that ride and they're wringing out their clothes because they got that wet. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they yeah, six flags invested. They got a, um, what is it called? Like a, a little air conditioning thing. You pay like $5 to go and dry yourself <laughs> off. So they invest into that. There's even, so I've seen a line waiting just for that because people are trying to try themselves off. Right. Um, right. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's a good addition. And, you know, I was saying back in 2019 when they announced it that, you know, for the reasons you mentioned, you know, hotter parks, these more southern parks that Six Flags have, my home, quote unquote, Six Flags Park, although it's six hours from here, my closest one is over Georgia. And okay. I'm like, man, because that park doesn't really have much of any water rides. And it's like that park needs it. Mm -hmm. And they, the next one they should announce is there and not, they're not getting that, but they're getting, um, Intamin, the Intamin's version of it. Yes. And everyone's criticizing Intamin for, well, no, they didn't really clone it. There, there's some differences, and especially with the, there the, are. Yes. The, the cars and the spinning. And so I'm looking forward to checking that version out since I've not ridden that obviously yet. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and then plus you guys are getting, speaking Intamin, you know, got delayed as well, but getting that launched log flume at Antonio, San Antonio, again, hoping to be able to ride that when I do that road trip. And yeah, I mean, these, I'm a big water ride fan mm -hmm. and I think there's a place for them and, it, and I don't like the trend. I know they're expensive to operate. I get that, but parks, you know, figure it out because yes. water, water rides are key to the, even the amusement park, let alone the theme park experience. So you, you got to have a couple of few of them. Oh, and, yes. And, you know, a rapids ride, a log flume ride, you know, these these water coasters. Mock is amazing with their water coasters and, and mm -hmm. some good ones, too. I've ridden a few of theirs, uh, you know. So anyway, so hopefully this is a good trend we're going to see. I really do hope it is because the Aquaman Power Splash, just the, the mock Power Splash in general, just it, it is a good model. It's you can fit in a nice slim plot of land. Um, I mean, of course, the the splashdown has a huge plot if you have to make one yourself. But honestly, when they were announcing it at Six Flags Over Texas, I didn't know how Pandemonium and Aquaman would work because right. in the animation it showed you know the splashdown being right next to Pandemonium, and when the splash happened, you could see the splash get on Pandemonium. So I didn't know how it would affect the ride if it was going to close down mm -hmm. Pandemonium or what was going to happen. But right. they ended up making it work. And over Georgia, for example, you know, they're getting the intimate, like how you said, yeah. um, I have, I've only heard criticism about it. I have not heard really any positives from it, from any enthusiast or just anyone that's even heard about it in general. And I'm, I'm kind of upset about that because it looks like an interesting model spinning cars. You know, you have yeah. water effects going on. It's not just a splashdown with a launch. Like you actually have water effects going on. And for the first time ever, Six Flags let you name the coaster. They, right. you know, put right. the toll for it. And they're actually letting the audience who are going to be riding this coaster, you know, they decided to let them name the coaster. They're actually trying to involve themselves more with the community. Yeah. And I really wish people would look at that part instead of just looking at the ride itself and saying, man, I wish we would have gotten a mock power splash. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. If people are just, if the argument is that they want a mock power splash instead, I mean, not to do the whole intimate versus mock thing, but I mean, the intimate one looks like it could be just as fun, if not more so, yeah. uh, just because of the design of it. And you know, I don't, I don't get the heat. I mean, and th there are, I know quite a few enthusiasts, you know, coaster enthusiasts that, again, they're just about coasters, dry coasters. 
You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know your B and M splashdowns, your splash effects. That's not really getting. That's not a water ride. You know, like like yeah. Diamond Jack at Kings Island. But you mm-hmm. know, they they want their dry coasters, and that's it. They don't care about dark rides. They don't care about shows. They don't care about parades. They don't care about water rides. And again, everyone likes what they're going to like, but there are a lot of people in this community that, in my opinion, maybe they should try to consider broadening the horizons and not just be one dimensional. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, you know, but I do notice a lot of people that don't like water rides. I'm like, oh, I didn't bring the right shoes for it. I'm not going to get wet. I'm like, people in the, in the world that we live in today, is that really a big deal compared to all the other stuff going on? The economy, Middle East, you know, yeah. Gonna get wet. Guess what? Your shoes are going to dry. Your socks are going to yeah. dry, you know, mm-hmm. get over it. Yeah. You might as well get over it because if I go to a theme park and there's just, there's no water rides. No log flume, no roaring rapids, no no anything. Like you can't get wet right. on anything. And there's no sprayers or fans, you know, misters. Yep. You're gonna get hot and overwhelmed. Most definitely in a part like this, Texas, you're yep. gonna get overwhelmed. And, and be there's bad. been days where yeah. people have heat strokes and have to leave. Yep. And with no water rides, there's no way for people to cool down. And you know, when you're hot at a theme park, what do you usually say? You're usually like, Well, should we go wide should we go get a water ride real quick? Everyone does it. GP enthusiasts, we should go ride right. a water ride real quick because we we need to cool down. That's what you have to do. I yeah, mean, it's refreshing. it doesn't need to just be land rides. Yeah, it's refreshing, you know. And then you know, I'm lucky here in Florida because we mainly have theme parks, not amusement parks like the, the Six mm-hmm. Flags has. Uh, you know, Six Flags came, came to be a theme park chain. No, I'm sorry. And Cedar Fair as well. Other than Knotts. Um, they are their amusement park chains that have mm-hmm. theming. They're not true theme parks. A, in my opinion, a true theme park has to have high level theming and has to have dark rides. And that, you know, it has to have a lot of these things, even water rides as well. It has to be more well-rounded oh, yeah. shows, you know, et cetera. It, it can't be a bargain bin experience like what Six Flags offers, you know. And again, there's room for that because, you know, for people that want to be able to go to the parks a lot and pay only a couple hundred dollars for an annual pass, you know, mm-hmm. that Six Flags and Cedar Fair offer, you know, versus say here in Florida, we've got, you know, Universal, uh, Disney, you know, SeaWorld Bush Gardens is, you know, kind of, they're kind of at the beginning of what I would call a theme park. You know, again, they don't yeah. work rides and they used to, but that's a whole other, I think SeaWorld did. Anyway, but, mm-hmm. but, you know, the key parks that I go to, I like quality experiences. And, and again, I focus on Universal, especially, but Disney as well uh, here locally. And they, they have great water rides. They have great dark rides. They have indoor queues, you know, again, very mm-hmm. important here in Florida because of the heat and the humidity. But yeah, yeah I mean, even with all the air conditioned queues and indoor rides and indoor shows and all this stuff. Yeah. When I'm here in the summer and you got people visiting, we're at the park all day. Cause I got visitors and they're paying for an expensive ticket. And they want to get their money's worth, which I totally get. Yeah. We're hitting up the water rides. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had friends visiting from Miami that are annual pass holders um, a couple, a couple years ago, shout out to Tyler and his, and his family. And, you know, I like to cater to my visitors. So like, you know, cause I'm at these local parks all the time. I always ask, yeah. hey, what do you want to do next? What do you want to be your last ride? What do you want last ride of the night? You know, and I figured they were going to say Velocicoaster because they love it. And they didn't. They said they want to do Popeyes. And I'm like, hey, I've never huh. done Popeyes at night. I've never done the last ride of the night. And we were joking about it, laughing about it. And we had a great ride on it at night. And, you know, it was summer. So it was still hot out. And, and it was great. You know, yeah. so water rides have their place, bottom line. Mm-hmm. So that's like you're creepy. <laughs> so, 
moving on. So kind of finishing up the last couple of questions here, uh, we're going to get a little serious here for the last couple of questions, you know, meaningful and so forth. So this, this first of these questions is, um, basically about mortality and about, you know, what you want your legacy to be. It's a legacy question, if you will. And that is, how would you like your family, your friends, your colleagues, those that knew you and that know you now, how do you want them to remember you by? I really just want them to remember me by coasters. Um, because my, my dad's side of the family, basically, like I said, in the very beginning of this podcast, we went to Six Flags every year. It was a tradition. And my Papa, I recently lost him, but he loved coasters. He went to Vegas every single year, basically, and rode the Big Apple coaster. Loved it just because it was a roller coaster. He loved it. He wasn't an enthusiast. He just loved roller coasters. And he collected hats. Like, that was his thing. And he passed it on to my dad, and my dad tries to go every single year. Um, But then when we were all born, we kind of lost the money. We were more of a poor situation, so we couldn't afford to travel three hours to go to the park, stay in a hotel and three hours back with three kids. And it was, it was a lot for my dad and my mom to handle. And also at the time they were going through a divorce. So that was adding on expenses that just came out of nowhere. And for the longest time, my dad had always told me that he wanted to go back to six flags with me. He wanted to ride coasters with me. And, you know, that was just his thing. And he always, I remember him telling me he always wanted a son that would actually want to go out and do stuff, would play sports, you know, um, go out and just travel the world. He, you know, he always wanted that. He always wanted to be proud by one of his sons, not saying that, you know, my two brothers didn't make him proud, but you know, uh, he really saw that spark in me. He really pushed me for that spot. Um, so after I felt like fell in love with roller coasters and that became kind of like my tradition, every single time he comes up here, he's just like, you want to go ride some coasters or he'll tell me to put on some roller coaster videos and tell him all about it. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with my mom. She'll send me videos about roller coasters and she's like, can you tell me all about this? Um, so I definitely want to be known as that guy who, you know, always likes going out, having fun. Um most of them, when they see a roller coaster, I want them just to think about me <laughs> and be like, man, I wish he was here right now. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. That's great. And yeah. It's, uh, I could, I could relate to that. That's, that's a good answer to that question. And I can relate to that because, you know, you know, it's one thing I'm sure you get this from like friends, family, you know, where they send you like this crazy video, would you ride this, you know, that whole thing, but on a much more serious note, you know, still fun. You know, I love it when, like, say I have friends, it just happened, this just happened the other day, uh, where, you know, he'll, he posted, you know, on Facebook, and he tagged me, and he did that because he went to Not Scary Farm for the first time, and mm-hmm. he was, and he said he was inspired by me to go there, because I'm very passionate about Not Scary Farm. Wow. And it's the, I think it's the best theme park haunt, and even though I have uh, Halloween Horror Nights literally five minutes down the street from me, and it's amazing too, but I think Scary mm-hmm. Farm is better, and I... Oh, I pray, uh-huh, I didn't think about this till now, that this whole merger does not destroy that event. I, oh, ooh, yeah, wow. that, 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 I mean, not to get into a whole tangent, but mm-hmm. scary, uh, scary farms, not, not scary farm, in my opinion, of all the Six Flags parks and Seabird parks is the one park that you maybe could consider a theme park. So I, I consider it to be one of the best parks in the chain. Oh. Um, Yes. And even though it doesn't have all the coasters that Cedar Point has or Kings, again, it's not about the quality 
excuse me, it's not about the quantity, it's about the quality and that part, the theming of it, uh, how clean they keep it, it just everything. It's a charming, charming park. And their events, especially Scary Farm, oh, just fantastic. Yeah. I just hope, uh, I'm friends with Jeff Tucker. Uh, he's been a repeat guest on this podcast. David's friends with him as well. Uh, I was just talking to him today and I asked him, you know, what he what he's, you know, thinking about this merger and because he's a manager there at Knott's and he's like, well, 2024 is be an interesting year. He's looking forward to finding out more, but I pray, you know, that between his leadership and others there that love Knott's with all their being, with all their mm-hmm. soul, that they will work if they have to, hopefully they won't have to fight if they have to though, to preserve the legacy of that park. Because that, leg- that park has so much history to it. And, you know, Cedar Point as well. But Cedar Point, again, is more of an amusement park. Oh, um, yeah. You know, but hopefully, again, Not Scary Farm, I hope, lives on. Anyways, but that's a whole other tangent. But, um, yeah. you know, but anyway, you know, it's great when you have those those people that are important in your lives, friends, family, that are inspired, you know, by by you. And it sounds like, you know, you're, you're you know, I mentioned that story with me, but with you, you know, your, your parents, you know, you have, sounds like you have a better bond with them because of coasters. I kind of peeled from that. I would say so. Yes. I feel like I'm more connected with my parents due to just trying to ride coasters and actually want to invite them to go do things. Cause I used to be in my room all day playing video games and then (laughs) when coasters happened, I stopped playing video games. Well, I still play them, but sometimes not all the time, like how I used to now I'm more of like, Hey, let's go to six flags. Hey, let's go ride some coasters around the area. Let's get an extra credit or so. Let me count your roller coaster credits for you. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. And again, you just, you just gave an example of what I'm talking about. Like nothing wrong with, with liking video games. I love video games. Mm -hmm. I love them. I rarely play them because I've got so much other things going on in my life and how I choose to prioritize my life because time is our most precious resource. And there's not enough hours in the day between all the trips I've got planning between work, hanging out with friends, going to the parks. You know, and, you know, I just everything I'm going in my life, video games are like the bottom and I wish I had more time for them. But like you used to play them all the time. And that's fine. But you realize, hey, I still want to play video games. You still do. And that's great. Yeah. But you do other things, too. And that's, again, uh, you know, I encourage people to have more than one interest, because when you just have one, it, it can become an obsession. It can be very imbalanced. Yeah. And video games, you keep you indoors all day and you don't, you're not getting the exercise you get at parks. And so I, you know, I'm glad to see that that was a positive influence in your life where you're now yeah. getting out more friends and getting exercise, getting sunlight, you know, get, you know, all these <laughs> things are important not to staying at home all the time. So that's mm-hmm. great. That's a great improvement. But uh, so uh, the last main question we have uh, is, and then we'll have a final question for you to promote any in your social media and all that. Um, but before that, what advice, what final piece of advice can you give our listeners, you know, with regard to positivity and facing fears and things like that? Well, first I would say if you do have a fear of roller coasters, um, a great way to get over that is to just go on YouTube or go on Instagram, anything that you can watch videos on Google, like whatever you could watch a video on, go and research how restraints work, how seatbelts work, how coaster safety systems actually are improved from back in the day. It wasn't just you push down a lap bar and nobody knows how the ride's going. You actually have this full system that you can see everything going on, which is one of the ways I got over my fear was researching about coasters. Most of in a coaster you're gonna ride 
if you know you you want to ride a coaster and you know of one coaster in your mind that you do want to ride, definitely give it like an in thorough research about it. Go in depth and try to see the safety system if it has seat belts. Um, research about that. Um, the main even the manufacturer uh, about the ride because every manufacturer has different safety safety systems, different height measurements, anything that you possibly need. Go on there, just research, just have fun. Find what you really want to do or what coaster you really want to ride for your first time to get over your fear. Um, and like how we talked about earlier, I have a fear of heights. Um, I climbed Dr. Diabolical for Roller Coaster Rodeo 2023, and I was freaking out. I was losing my <laughs> mind, and I had to talk myself into it. I really wanted to do it with my mom, but she barely could even climb up the steps to mid-course. So, oh. so um, really had to climb over that gap. And, um, you know, I, like I said, I'm, I'm scared of heights. And if that's one of the reasons why you're scared of roller coasters, I do have to say it is a complete different feeling than actually walking on something that's, let's say, 150 feet in the air versus sitting down and something taking you through that 150 foot course. Because you know you're safe, you know you're secure, you know you're not going to have any problems going on. But when you're walking, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, one wrong step and I'm going to fall through these stairs, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> so if you're just ter if you're just terrified of roller, because I say just go for it. Aim down and just ride it. Just find that courage or if you need to, take weeks to prepare that courage and sit yourself in the coaster, push down the restraint as tight as you can and, you know, pray that you go through and that you're going to make it. When in reality, you will make it through and you're actually going to probably end up loving roller coasters and saying, can we go back again? Right. No, that's great advice. And I never thought about this before, but kind of it's something we kind of talked about earlier in different respect. You know, if, if and you know, there, there probably aren't a ton of people that are listening that are like really afraid of coasters because a lot of people are saying coaster enthusiasts, but you never know. They might have their son or daughter listening that's still afraid of coasters or whatever it may be. And if you are afraid of coasters, one of the things you can do, again, you know, as Samuel mentioned, looking up on YouTube, you know, look up and find out at your local park or park you're going to wind up going to, look up the coasters that have, mul have multiple restraints, have secondary restraints, that have a seatbelt and a lap bar. You know, maybe that'll make you feel safer because, you know, they've got multiple ways to hold you in and get in that coaster and pull that seatbelt nice and tight. Not that it's going to hurt you, but make you feel snug. And, yeah. and again, like Samuel mentioned, pull that lap bar down so it's snug. That way you feel safe and held in there. And again, that'll kind of help you get over that fear. So, yes. you know. All right. Well, thanks for that great advice, Samuel. And we've never really had that one before. That was really good. Uh, it's it's it, and I've mentioned this many, many times before, but uh, it's fascinating how it, it pretty much every person that's answered the question, even though it's kind of a very basic question that you would think would lead to the same answers, pretty much everyone that's answered that question, the, you know, the hundred plus people that we've had, uh, it's different answer each time. And that was, again, <laughs> You're, you know, one of the most recent, of course, the, the most recent. So we, you've had 100 plus people before you. And again, very unique advice there. So but good advice. Thank you. Thank you. So absolutely. So the last thing, as I already alluded to that we uh, we're going to ask you here is if you just want to share whatever you want to share uh, as far as you whatever you want to expose people to connect with you, uh, if you will, in terms of your online presence, you know, YouTube channel, website, social media, uh, whatever you'd like to share that people can can reach out to you or, or follow you or whatnot. Yeah. Um, 
My main one right now is just Instagram. It is exotic enthusiast. Um, type that in. It's the profile photo with Velocicoaster. It's super easy to just look at it and be like, oh, you know, this is just whatever, whatever. But follow me, message me, do whatever you want to do. I'm I usually respond. It takes me a little bit, but follow my page if you just like watching roller coasters or if you want to know more about Texas parks in general. Um, I visit SeaWorld, I visit Fiesta, I visit all the parks in Texas usually multiple times every single year. Usually about once a month, I try to go visit every single park. Um, I know usually a lot about, you know, tips and tricks. Most definitely have Six Flags Over Texas. I work there. So if you're visiting there for a first time, I have a lot of, you know, secrets that you you could use to skip the line sometimes. You know, just just basic general information that, you know, could take you a long ways if you only have a couple hours at a theme park. Um, but definitely follow me if you want to watch some content about Fiesta over Texas or even my road trip coming up next year. I'll be posting all about that. Um, a YouTube channel is coming soon. It's not happened yet because I don't have a computer to do that right now and to have the actual editing software to make channels and all that stuff. But by the time my road trip does happen, I will have a YouTube channel. It'll be under the same name, Exotic Enthusiast. And it'll be all basically about my road trip, about vlogs in the parks, secrets about these parks. Because I usually try to reach out to people and learn in-depth research about the certain park I'm visiting. I remember go before I went to Florida, it took me like 30 minutes. And I was messaging everyone, hey, you know, your home park is you know, SeaWorld, Orlando, like, is there anything you can tell me that I know so I, I could ride everything or I could eat at the park in like under two hours or so, Right. you know, that, that's usually the type of guy I am. And I'm completely down to answer some of the questions that maybe y'all have about Texas parks. Maybe how was it operating the giant? What all is there about operating the giant? Hey, I'm about to work at Six Flags over Texas. What is it like? I know a lot of the answer. I may have only worked there for, you know, two to three weeks, but I do have that in-depth view of how a new person can look at the park versus someone who is experienced and knows a lot, but they don't know about the insider report of how an employee actually works at a park. Um, but I would definitely say drop me a follow on Instagram. That is my main channel. Like I said, um, have everything on there and message me if you have a question. Nice. Thank you. That's awesome. And then uh, Samuel, so the exotic enthusiast, the I in exotic, the first I is a one, right? To search yes. for you. Right. Okay. All right. Just want to point that out so people can find you more easily. Awesome. Well, thank you again for taking the time to have a chat with me today and uh, getting some good insight there, good advice, good stories. Uh, yeah. Thanks for your time. You're very welcome. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. If you want to see more of us, we upload every Friday. Be sure to like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, all at Coaster Challenge. Links are in the description below. Thanks for joining us here today. <laughs>